To the Ether. Today is Friday, February 4th, 2022. This episode of the Ether is brought to you by WeFund. WeFund is a community crowdfunding cross chain incubator on Terra, and it's the first launch pad that implements a milestone funding release system to protect investors. All money raised for projects is deposited in Anchor Protocol and it's refundable, and all decisions are based on community voting power. WeFund is community-focused and designed to be a user-friendly experience for both project creators and investors. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the Telegram for more information. Links are in the show notes and check them out online at wefund.app. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. Visit OC's What We Do page using the link in the show notes to take advantage of some of their other educational resources, including weekly meetups to discuss Terra protocols, strategies, and concepts, the Terra Luna Intel report on Telegram, and YouTube explainer videos on Terra concepts. You can also support their community efforts by considering them next time you're delegating or reading delegating your Luna. Find out more at orbitalcommand.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, we got a two-parter, DAOs and governance in the interchain with the multi-chain maxi Jay Cartnell, hosted by Tricky. This is part one of two. Let's take a listen. How's everybody doing? What's up, man? What's going on? Good, Clay. How you feeling? I'm feeling a lot better today. I still can't talk very... Uh, like perfectly but uh glad to be here i know we got an exciting night tonight so uh very very excited to to share this space with everybody tonight super excited yes sir it's always a good time getting getting everybody together it's like my favorite thing to look forward to for the week now it's crazy (laughs) welcome everybody that's tuning in thank you for showing up i just want to give a uh few minutes for people to trickle in here let some of our guests show up. I know it's a cold night for everybody. I hope uh, everybody's staying warm. Octo DeVito, how you doing? Good, dude. I'm so excited to be here. Like, I'm so excited. Oh, it's gonna be fun, dude. Yes, it is. We're gonna we're gonna have a good night. We got a got a lot planned. Got some cool peeps showing up. Have the AMA. Be able to ask good questions. So yeah, dude. I didn't think yeah. that. Thank you for your time and showing up. No, thank you for inviting. I am so hyped. Like. Oh, dude, I took a nap and I'm ready. That's all I'm saying. I feel good. <laughs> so thank you so much. Yeah, I've got to get juiced up. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what time zone people are in too. So yep. that's one thing we're trying to figure out is like, man, what's the best time to do these? And we can get, you know, move it around to make it best for everybody. That's right. So if anybody has suggestions on that, don't be afraid to shout them out at us so we can, uh, we can adjust. Yeah, make sure to join us in the the Discord now. We have a, a special channel within the NovaDAO uh, Discord, so make sure to join that, and and you'll be able to chat live with us during the streams and uh, uh, any time after. What's going on, everyone? How's it going, brother? 
Good, good. Very excited to be here. Yes, sir. We've got some cold here tonight. I'm so excited. Hey, everyone. Very glad to be here. Uh, it's it's early in the morning for me. I haven't slept. So, you know, uh, yeah, even then, I don't think I lose the enthusiasm. So, yeah, very glad to be here. It's good to see you, Sisla. Thanks for coming. I can confirm that Sisla does never sleep. <laughs> Guys are always active. No matter what time you get in there, the Omniflix TG, you know, he's there responding and being active with everybody. So we appreciate you, Sisla. Thank you. Thank you. The community keeps me energetic, but I got to take rest too. You know? So most, most of the times, uh, you know, I start my day off by talking to the team, sleeping for a bit, waking up and then continuing work. So, yeah. It'll all be worth it here soon. There'll be days where we'll have a little more time for sleep. <laughs> Dude, I really want to meet, meet Sisla. I, I, I really want to meet you um, after this call as well. You seem like a grinder. You seem like you, you really, really work. So uh, something that will rub off on me. So keep it up. That's amazing. Yeah, me too. Uh, definitely like to meet you. I'm also working on Starbot, and I've seen you uh, hang out in our Discord. Oh, sweet. Oh wow, Starboard, very nice. Yeah, I've been, <laughs> yeah, I've been pretty excited about that uh, since I first saw. I think Jake's tweet, and yeah. later Dow Dow retweeted. I just followed the entire trail, and it went back to the Discord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually, um, like you and a couple other people, were like, "Hey, we want to work on this," or like, "Hey, can you do this special feature?" So I found this awesome person. She really likes making stuff modular. And I was like, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if we just had like a JSON file? You could just configure your own bot based on everything. And then it would just work and, and validate Kepler. But you could like add any sort of crazy thing you wanted to because it's JSON. And uh, I was having dinner with her and Mike, who is one of the other StoryBot people. And she was like, oh, yeah, you know, I used to do that at my old job. And I just went to being an individual contributor again. And I need like a new project to like, you know, get my skills back up. And so she started like, re like contributing and then refactoring code and made it super slick. So um, her and Mike are on vacation right now. They're like, I guess out in the mountain somewhere. So next week, uh, we found we found like the, the final errors that are they're that holding it back from uh, validating and like detecting specific DAO strings. So like, yeah. you can put your DAO, you'll be able to put your DAO DAO address in, and then it will choose that CW20 token and validate you. So we like made it so you just put in the URL. You don't have to go through any docs. You don't have to like extract anything. You just throw the URL in. So it's exciting. Good developers, good people. Love it. That's yeah. amazing. Everybody make sure to give everybody, all the speakers up here a follow because uh, a lot of developers up here that are doing a lot of stuff for the Cosmos, a lot of alpha you can get and you know, just supporting the people that are uh, supporting everybody else out here as well. So uh, let's go ahead and kick this stuff off. So I wanted to uh, go ahead and start this off with a little AMA with uh, our friends over from uh, NovaDAO. Um, they've got some exciting stuff going on, and they were able to uh, come join us today and kind of explain some more about the stuff that they are doing. So uh, I just want to start out by uh, welcoming them. And Octa DeVito, I'll, uh, I'll start with you. I just want to... Maybe have you answer what is a DAO for those people that are new in here and maybe aren't too sure. Um, and then what exactly is Nova DAO and why would somebody want to be a part of it? 
Yeah, no, totally. And just to be, thank you so much. Um, and just to also be clear, we have Moon Guy, who's part of our team of Nova Dow. Uh, just to be a little bit more fair, I'll go ahead and answer. I guess what is a Dow, and then Moon Guy, would you be mind to pick up what Nova Dow is? Is that okay? Just want some confirmation here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, awesome. Okay, perfect. So, what is a Dow? Right. So, a Dow is a decentralized autonomous organization, and what a Dow is really is a mission to be able to democratize decision making. Uh, when it comes to the formation of some type of product or service uh, to try to ad address some type of goal or mission. Let's say the mission of a specific group of people is to come together to be able to buy a golf course or come together to be able to buy a U.S. Constitution. Uh, the best way to coordinate people and bring them together is one, bring them into a similar discord or a group for them to be able to discuss, but also set up proper, whether that be proper tokenomics or um, proper incentive models so that everybody is able to participate with one another to contribute to some type of goal to be able to buy that constitution. And what a DAO allows you to do is allows you to figure out different people that are really passionate about some type of mission, figure out what their skill sets are, and allow them to, to, to collaborate and to provide like their own skill sets to push towards a mission. So if the mission is to buy a U.S. constitution, then it's figuring out, oh, you're developers, you're designers, let's come together to try to create a really cool service to buy that U.S. Constitution. And as we do that, now the community as a group are able to vote on services or projects or some type of um, like feature that is recorded on chain that then the DAO and developers can implement to get to that mission. So let's say a service that needs to be implemented is creating a vault where people can deposit funds to be able to purchase the Constitution. Well, what the DAO can do is a community can come together, put on a vote saying, we want to create a vault. Well, they, that vote can get accepted and the communities provided their general um, input and thoughts on trying to drive the future focus and the future direction of that specific group of communities in order to finish to fix that mission. So unlike a regular company where it's really top down, a DAO is really a lot more of a flat organization that allows the community or people who are really engaged and really passionate about a mission to push it forward all run on chain and with proper incentive mo models, whether that be via NFTs or or like tokenized assets. So DAOs literally will shape the future of majority of everything. And as you can see already, just with DAO season entering um, end of 2021 and now in the beginning of 2022, a lot of DAOs are being formed to congregate people with similar missions to push it forward. That's great. I think you know everybody has a cause or a purpose that they can get behind. So there's always going to be some sort of DAO that anybody can find and join and be a part of that mission. So I, I you know I think I think DAOs are great, and I think you highlighted you know the reasons why you know a DAO is something that people do want to be a part of. Totally. Yeah, and I think I can speak to I can give a quick introduction on on what Nova DAO is doing and how we want features. Uh, I think cutting I, off a little bit. For oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Munga, I think you're breaking up. Maybe try one more time. If not, then I'll just try to answer the question as you kind of get to a better cellular Wi-Fi space. Sure, sure. Just uh, feel free to interrupt me or jump in if you're not able to hear me. Um, give me one second. Um, I, I also wanted to say thank you, Tricky, and, and to Cosmos Spaces for uh, hosting this. This is this is awesome, and I think these, these uh, Twitter spaces are really good starting point for continuing to grow our community quickly and effectively. So thank you guys. Um, what is Nova DAO? What is Nova DAO? Nova DAO is a treasury backed launchpad. Um, the goal is to bring new users and liquidity to Cosmos ecosystem. 
and we're we're pretty we're like very very excited about this goal for a variety of reasons. Um, but first, I'll I'll kind of explain more about the goal and 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 what we plan to do with it. So, singular goal again is to grow the Cosmos ecosystem uh, by bringing new users new users and liquidity. Um, one thing that we're really excited about is the fact that we are going to launch on Evmos, which is an EVM compatible chain, and that opens the door to a variety of possibilities. Um, with the, the singular goal of funding developers that can build apps directly into Cosmos using Solidity or, or other EVM compatible uh, uh, tools. Are you guys able to hear me, by the way, or am I still breaking up? No, you sound no, you're perfect. Good. Go for it, dude. Awesome, awesome. So applications built on Evmos can build, uh, the, the goal is to have applications built on Evmos um, being able to build uh, other apps in Cosmos. So imagine a developer can uh, build upon Evmos using Solidity and then use those uh, apps that they built to call and interact with other apps within the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, so Evmos will be able to do things like cross-chain calls across Cosmos with Juno, with, with Osmosis, with Secret, with SifChain. Um, and again, the emphasis here is that it'll be able to do so using Solidity, which is not a, uh, previously hasn't been able to be done this way. Um, so I'll stop there. That's kind of the, the goal of NovaDAO is to, to be a promoter of this, this mentality of where we're able to connect external chains and uh, to the Cosmos ecosystem to help make Cosmos not just really effective interchain within itself, but also effectively connect and become multi-chain um, with regards to its relation to Ethereum and other external chains. Yeah, that's going to be great, especially with this explosion that's about to happen with Evmos and all those EVM compatible applications able to come over. Um, it's going to be really exciting. Um, and you also you mentioned that there are a lot of exciting things that you're excited about. Um, could you just let us know some of the things that maybe you guys are excited about um, in the Cosmos over the next six to nine months? Oh man, tricky! You're you're asking the right questions here. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a quick teaser, and then I think I'm gonna hand it over to Octa Devito to to dive in deeper. Um, but we we believe that by the end of Q2, interchain calls within Cosmos will be available. Um, and so what this enables, I kind of touched on it previously a little bit, but I'll expand here. So you can build an app again on Evmos that talks to Osmosis and SifChain, which opens up the ecosystem to do cross-chain calls. This yields to on interoperability within Cosmos. And this is actually something that we, we think is, is a new design space, right? We're betting that this interoperability and the effectiveness of communication that will be enabled by this, by the by the turning on of interchain calls will lead to applications and ideas that people haven't seen before. Um, and our goal is to be funding and pushing uh, applications that, that build within this new interoperability design space and are able to uh, capitalize on, on like, you know, se seamless interchain communication. Um, I'm going to hand it over to you, Octa DeVito, if you want to expand on that. Yeah, no, I think you did a great job, right? Like, what, what have we seen in Cosmos so far in the, in the narrative? I think I was introduced to Cosmos back in 2018, and it was told to me as like the ultimate IBC hub of the internet of chains and, and all of this great stuff. And when I came here in 2018, I saw the promise. I saw the vision. I saw the mission. But the technology wasn't just there, there yet. And what we're seeing is with interchain accounts coming on very soon and people's excitement to Cosmos because of the scaling issues with Ethereum is that Cosmos is ready. Cosmos will be ready for chains to be able to call across other chains. And that opens up a new design space. Have you, on Ethereum right now, you're able to do cross-chain calls 
on one blockchain. In this case, you can do cross blockchain calls. And that opens a whole new DeFi space, a whole NFT space that really hasn't been explored and is very unique to, to, to Cosmos all up. So what Evmos does, right? Let's, let's, let's think of this and, and why we're excited about Evmos, but other chains as well. But the reason why we're really excited about Evmos is it opens up to EVM developers, Cosmos, right? Like what is Cosmos's marketing plan? About uh, a year ago, it was about this gravity bridge, things of that sort. And all of these are great transitions to opening up what Cosmos value prop is to the rest of the crypto ecosystem. But now making it incentivized for developers to come easily and build and fork their code and bring it over brings up a whole nother proposition. Aave just had a proposal to bring and come over to Evmos. Aave is being introduced now to Cosmos and what's beneficial about Cosmos. When Aave's thing dropped, a bunch of people started uh, contacting me saying, why do you, so all I need to do is stake Adam and get airdrops? This is like the best investment asset ever. What am I doing on Solana? What am I doing on Ethereum? And that's what we want people to get excited about. By having Evmos directly there, right? Now Solidity developers can be here, start building applications and start building TVL there, but that's only the beginning. The next part is when interchain accounts happen. Imagine now that you're on Evmos or you're on Juno or you're on Secret Network or you're on X, Y, and Z and you're doing some type of leverage yield farming on Osmosis. Not only are you building TVL on Osmosis, but you're building TVL on another chain, bringing user adoption to both different chains, which is a growth mentality and is a positive sum outcome for all of Cosmos all up. And now that's that direction that's about to happen very soon. And then soon in nine months from now, because the way that Evmos is being positioned and the way that Nova DAO is strategically going to be partnering and, and developing products, because we're a launchpad where we're partnering with some de- developers to be able to build products, is that soon you'll be able to be on Juno, maybe in a year, year and a half, and we're trying to push that quickly. But imagine you're on Juno, sending a call on Osmosis to do a swap and doing a yield thing on Aave on Avalanche, and then bringing the asset back to Juno. Now, all of a sudden, the interchain community gets connected with the multi-chain community. And the benefits and the utility that Cosmos has is apparent and, um, and is beneficial. And we're super excited and we think we're ready. Cosmos is ready in the next year to 15 months to do this. And it's time to really educate and bring people to the Cosmos ecosystem to show just a huge value add of the positive community here and what we're trying to do. And we think it's ready. And that's why we're so, so, so excited. And, and Octavito, you, you freaking killed that. I, I just wanted to add one last thing is that uh, NovaDAO is definitely trying to um, basically become like a central location for people external to Cosmos and even people who are new to Cosmos and, uh, and are, are curious to learn more. Uh, we want to be like a central repository of information, right? How, how does Cosmos work? What is exciting? What does the roadmap look like? Um, and so I, I guess the announcement here is to, to look out for some, some of this educational content. Uh, we're excited to, to release it public. Hell yes. I mean, like, listen to all that. Like, it just makes me excited. Like, just all the passion that you guys have. You know, I think you're spot on with how it's just been like a, a bubbling event where, you know, where it's slowly, slowly getting ready. And everything in Cosmos is just coming together at the perfect time. There's just going to be this huge explosion almost all at once. So it's going to be so important to keep everybody educated, keep everybody on the same page, and really just have a place where people can go and know that they can get information on whatever project they're looking for. So, so we're, we're excited to see you guys do that. We're excited to help continue to do that. And it's, it's going to be great. I'm excited for everything that Evmos can bring because it's going to bring over a lot of ETH heads and you know, a lot of the gens as well. So it's going to be fun.
And totally. And what's more important is that there's so many chains in the Cosmos ecosystem doing so many amazing things. And now we can explore it and introduce people to it. And that that's what makes me so exciting. Like developers here, even in in, in, in this in this call, everybody's doing so many things that I don't know about. It, and I want to know about it. And then this just uh, be selfish. This gets me to meet really cool people like, oh, my God, you guys are building chains to try to address a specific problem with community alignment. Holy moly, it's time to introduce the world to what you're all doing. And we're really here to try to do that. Like, we're so, I'm so, I don't know, bro. I'm so excited. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, you know, that's the main thing in this space, you know, is bringing everybody together. You know, the newbies, the experienced people, and even devs, you know, builders like you guys. So, you know, we're always excited when we can get together like this, bring, you know, all the big brains in here to share and educate the community, and then even give you guys an opportunity to learn about each other and, you know, maybe start to collaborate as well. Um, so also, too, how do you think that Nova Dow is positive sum for EVM people That's and true. Cosmos people? I, I, I was, uh, Tricky, I was about to say something. Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah. You're kind of um, cutting out a little bit, so I don't know if you, if you can hear you really good. So I, I think I heard what you said. You were asking them, and I think they've kind of answered it already, but I'll go ahead and ask it. It's how has Nova Dow positive for uh, Epmos and for the Cosmo people? But I feel like you've answered it, but if you want to answer it more exactly, go ahead. Yeah, I'll go ahead and take this one, Moon Guy. Is that okay? And then you can add to it. Is that fine? Definitely. Go ahead. Okay, straight. So can I just repeat the question one more time, Eric and Tricky? The, the question is, how is Nova's DAO positive sum for the Cosmos ecosystem? And can you explain how that's the case, right? Just to be fair? That is correct. Yes, that's the question. Wait, okay, awesome. Cool. The last time I was like super excited and someone asked me a question, I was so excited that I answered the wrong question. So I have that problem. So I'm low key, sorry for asking that question. So how is Nova DAO positive sum? <laughs> I, I would no say it's positive sum in three ways, right, Eric? Um, the first one is this. We want to be the education hub for all of Cosmos. And what the reason why we're launching on Edmos specifically is that we know that a bunch of EVM people who have MetaMask will be able to come to the Cosmos ecosystem and be introduced to the Cosmos ecosystem kind of that first time. And what we want to be able to do is not just pump Edmos. The goal is not to pump Edmos. We just see it as one of the greatest bridge to bridge the interchain community with this multi-chain world, especially EVM compatible chains. And Edmos is a great value proposition over the next six, not six to nine months to do that. And we really want to be this education hub that provides information across multiple chains on like what's happening there, how that project was started, who started it, what that community is like. Um, all that information, we want to be that central hub for it. So when someone has a MetaMask and they're bringing, let's say, their fracks over to be able to get a higher yield, they're not just coming to get a higher yield. They know to come to NovaDAO because we're going to provide them additional information, which is the true alpha. What's happening in the cosmos? Why should you be excited? Why should you stake Atom? Why should you get involved with osmosis? Why should you do something further with your fracks? And that's the first positive sum that we're looking at. We do not want to just support Edmos. We just see Edmos as that bridging partner between that interchain world and that multi-chain world. And we really want to support them because they have this huge value proposition that hasn't been seen in the Cosmos ecosystem just yet. So that's the first one. The second one that we're approaching, and this is actually extreme alpha that I've not shared with anyone, but these are thoughts in my mind. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, my mind as in our mind, our mind as in Nova Dow's mind, which is our goal is to grow the Cosmos ecosystem at all costs. That is our goal. And the way to do that is we need these chains within the Cosmos ecosystem to interact with one another. We've already talked about how 
in two months from now, there'll be interchain calls, right? But what does it mean to really support and be able to do that? Well, what we want to do is create a set of services to be able to support that. First, we want to roll out this thing called community as a service, for instance. It sounds, what is this thing? But the idea is, if we have the central hub of all education information and community directly in NovaDAO, now if, if a developer comes and say, hey, look, I know how to build this, but I don't know how to get community traction. No worries. Be in the NovaDAO Discord. We will help you set up your Discord. We'll help you set up your Twitter. We'll help get you engagement directly from these EVM-compatible chains and Cosmos in general. You focus on what you're good at. Let's say somebody comes to our space and say, look, I have this idea. I saw this happen on Avalanche. I really don't have developer support. No problem. We have developers that are actively engaged in our community. We will partner it such that it's value and it's like positive sum for everyone. Developers get some type of equity into the project. You're able to push this forward and there's positive sum there. Let's say a project comes and says, I want to build something. And I'm like, look, what really grows the Cosmos ecosystem is not building one chain, but building all the chains together, bringing everyone users, bringing TVL everywhere. So the focus then is how can NovaDAO position itself to be able to potentially have funds from Evmos. Maybe we get a grant from Evmos and hold funds for Evmos. And then we go to Terra's ecosystem and get a grant from them and hold some assets from Terra. And then we focus on projects that specifically focus on doing interchain calls between Terra and Evmos. So let's say for some reason, somebody drops, uh, creates some type of project on Evmos to do a call directly on Anchor so that people are very, it's very easy for um, someone on Evmos to be able to get 20% yield on a stable asset. And let's say they just have fracks. Now we can switch between fracks and UST and get a 20% yield on UST for the fracks that a user has. And what that does, it creates user adoption for Terra, user adoption for Evmos, and bros TVL in both spaces. So then we'll be focusing on projects that focus on interchain calls and interchain community growth. And then we'll move forward from there. So the idea is NovaDAO is trying to be positive sum. Our goal is not to own this ecosystem. Our goal is to do none of that. Our goal is to how do we grow Cosmos? The way that we think we're going to grow Cosmos is first, bring developers here. Second, provide services, whether that be bonding services, community services, developer services, and funding services. And then third is how do you set up a proper partnership with multiple chains, where our focus now is to help projects grow with one another. If Osmosis and Secret Chain can grow with one another because a developer is growing a project on Secret Network to work with Osmosis and they need funds or they need community or they need someone to help with tokenomics, that's what we want. And that's our focus. How do we grow Cosmos? And now I'm just rambling because I'm too excited and I have that problem, so I'm just going to stop. No, no, you're totally good. I think that's all so great. I think you hit a lot of things right on the nail where you're able to let people focus on what they're good at and where, they, where their niche is. And then also you're incentivizing people to work together. And I think that's amazing. And I think that's kind of what Cosmos is all about. So this just fits right in with that ethos and that synergy. And I just only see good things coming from this. It's going to be great. Totally. And to be very clear as well, NovaDAO is a DAO. So what does that mean, right? Any project we fund, any improvement to the project itself will be done by community vote. So it's not Octo DeVito leading this. It's not Moon Guy leading this. What you'll see later in the future is that I will not be on all these calls. There'll be somebody else from the community pushing this project forward because NovaDAO is not run by me. It is not run by Moon Guy. It's run by the community. And if we need to partner with somebody, the community will vote for it. The community will get equity in that project. This is community run, which goes to this DAO narrative. And, and to be frank, right, when we launch, we're not even going to launch. We're going to put it to a vote for the community to decide to launch. Maybe they say, oh, Octo DeVito, 
your UI, like we want to launch, but you, you got to improve your UI, homie. And I'm like, all right, all right, community. I'll go improve the UI. Then I'll put this up for vote again. And that's what's going to happen. And it's going to be community voted and fund allocation will be community based. And if a project needs to grow in this ecosystem, we will connect our community with that project such that the Nova Treasury is able to get some of the, the, those projects' assets, but the people that also interact with those projects are able to get equity as well. Our goal is to be positive sum, which doesn't make us the biggest protocol, but makes us the most beneficial protocol. And that's our goal. Hey, I, I have maybe like a less technical question, which is just, um, uh, oh, sorry. Hi, my name is Thomas Dylan Daniel. I'm the founder of PageDAO, which is um, a DAO that has been founded and intends to basically bring books and blockchains together. We, we have a lot of really strong Ethereum development going on, um, but we're having a little bit of trouble kind of, you know, like you're talking about making the bridge to Cosmos. Um, and I've actually started three Dow Dow Dows on Juno. <laughs> Dow Dow Dows. That's fantastic. Um, but, <laughs> but, but anyway, um, man, I just started listening and I heard about Nova Dow and I thought this was amazing. And I, I had to come up here and just say, um, hey, um, here we are. How do we get involved? Dude, I love it. this is why you want to be in the Cosmos ecosystem, right? Like if I was in another space, they'd be like, oh, you're building a Dow. How do I potentially pick up that same service or Maybe like, uh, no, you literally, literally, Thomas, you came up here, told us a little about your project. And you want to get involved and I, we want to get involved with you. So literally like hit me up on Twitter. We need to do a space. Join us in the discord. We got to talk. Let's set up an AMA where we just talk to get to know each other. I love books. You love books. I think that like Cosmos's ecosystem is so friendly and I think you literally just proved it, dude. Um, so the way we get involved is just hit up our discord and or like hit me up on Twitter or something, dude. Like, let's get involved. Like what you're building is really cool and you have experience in DAOs. Like, that is valuable to anybody that joins the Cosmos ecosystem. I just followed you, so we can figure it out um, as well. Dude, that's great. Like, people, you know, developers come in here. We thought, you know, there's the community is connecting, but there's people who actually, you know, are building projects that are able to come here and connect too. So I'm so glad that we just witnessed that happen. And, you know, I'm interested to see you guys connect and how, you know, PageDAO is able to bring books to NFTs. This is great, dude. This is like amazing. Just have everybody in here, be spitballing, sharing what we're doing, and then realizing that we're here and that we can help each other and, you know, finding the connections to do that. So if anybody has anything else that they want to say, you want to ask of uh, the Nova Dow team or anything, feel free to raise your hand, request a talk, or if anybody on stage has a question, go right ahead and excuse my dog in the background. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a question just to clarify. Um, first of all, Octo DeVito, or should I say Cosmo Dev, like, love the passion, dude. That is just really awesome and almost electric to hear somebody talk about something with so much fire. It's just, it's a really, really cool thing to pay attention to and just to listen to. And um, just for the less um, crypto initiated like myself, um, to be clear, like, the goal and role of a launch pad in this scenario is to, like, basically help fund and then inevitably, like, gain equity in new projects that are trying to be like started on this launch pad kind of thing. Is that right? Yeah. So that's a very good question. Um, I'll, you, to be frank, to, to, so your question is what, what, what is this equity like thing would look like, right? Is that your question? Well, it's more like where is the value of sorts from the Nova token deriving? It's um, I'm guessing it's treasury backed and that's where like, the initial funds would come for the launch pad upcoming projects is that kind of, and then in return would almost like a vc i guess in turn would get equity back for helping launch that 
Phenomenal question. Phenomenal question. Yeah. So um, to answer your question, I need to give you a little bit of more information about potentially how Ohm works. Uh, do you know by any chance how Ohm works? If so, then I'll, I'll, I'll skip a little bit of that intro. If not, then I'll go a little bit more in depth in it. I actually listened to you talk very passionately about Ohm on Cryptocito's video. So, um, <laughs> but maybe, maybe, maybe to the Coles notes for anybody else in the chat who has, may not be familiar. And After the video, you're everywhere. Did you want to explain their downfall as of recently? <laughs> yeah, I know. And then explain the pivot. Okay. Um, may I ask you what your name is so I can pronounce it properly as well? I, I, I don't. Is that, is that okay? Is it, it's more okay. AZ the dragon. AZ is fine. AZ, AZ, love it. Okay, cool. AZ, to answer this question, you you really need to give me like a minute and a half, homie, to answer and give you a proper overview on what Ohm is, and then give you an understanding on how our launchpad works, and then provide you information on technically what backs the asset. Sounds good? Oh, that's totally fine, man. Take all the time you need. Sweet AZ. So let's take a step back. Um, to May, uh, maybe, uh, December, 2019. Okay. So this is two years back before COVID Ooh, good times. Um, the idea was this, right? So there were projects that were launching on Ethereum specifically, and those projects had a really interesting thing. They would launch their token. And when they would launch their token, the situation that would, the, would, would arise is that they would take their token and, and, and put it on, let's say Uniswap or some type of AMM. Um, but when they launched their token, the issue was they would they would provide so much of their token to encourage um, they encourage the community to be able to buy that token to set up a specific pool that once those pools would be set up specifically, the people that would set up the specific sp the pools were for high high yields from farming. So if I was launching a project, I would launch a token, then I'd do high farming on the specific tokens. And what would happen after two weeks is your farming yields won't be that high. So then people would just automatically drop your token and then leave and do something else. So it was really not a value add. It wasn't a value add. People were just farming to get the highest yields, which would actually derail your project. So a lot of these different projects were trying to figure out, how do we address the specific situation where I'm launching my token and all of a sudden, like, I, I, I'm not getting the right community to back and support me, nor do I actually own this liquidity because someone else is taking my liquidity and setting up a pool for that. And then March 2020 happened which was pretty much the market crash for everything else. And there's this very, really interesting stablecoin that exists within Ethereum's ecosystem, which is called DAI. And what DAI was is DAI is a stablecoin that's over-collateralized. So you drop, let's say, um, you, you drop ETH, and then over 120% collateralization, you're able to borrow DAI to be able to do yield farming and things of that sort with it. But what's really interesting was that DAI wasn't owned by the MakerDAO. MakerDAO is the protocol that issues DAI. wasn't owned by MakerDAO. Which means all of a sudden when the market dropped, ETH dropped in price. And when ETH drops in price, ETH no longer can back the die that was borrowed. So all of a sudden there was these debts that, it, that existed. And it was so difficult for MakerDAO to be able to attract the liquidity of that die back to their, to their protocol because they didn't own the, the underlying asset. They didn't own their treasury. They, allowed, they were just a borrow lending platform. And when market situations occurred and it was extremely fluctual, like there was extreme fluctuations, they couldn't bring the asset back without their stablecoin going off peg. So what is all, what, what am I talking about? Like, why are you talking this vlog, Dr. DeVito? Well, those are two different scenarios. The first scenario is somebody launching a project and not owning the liquidity. And because they can't own their liquidity, that means they can't really build a strong community 
and their token is just being is being taken away just for yield purposes. And then there's a second scenario where a project is trying to have a stablecoin to be able to manage their uh, the total amount of stablecoin in the market to make sure that the price is pegged at a dollar, but they can't because they don't own their liquidity. And the issue was nobody was owning their liquidity. So by April 2020, this really ingenious, ingenious developer named Joey Santoro, he launched his project called Fae Protocol. And it was kind of a rough start, bumpy start. But it, what, it, what it showed was you can own your own treasury of assets where then you're able to manipulate your own supply. So Fae was the stablecoin where they owned Fae. They owned the ETH that people provided. So for some reason, if Fae went above a dollar, all they need to do is print more Fae and bring it to the market. In case Fae went below a dollar, they own the Fae. They can buy back the Fae and they can burn it. And now because they own their liquidity, they're able to manage that liquidity, which then got to own. And what Ohm said is, how do I take this treasury mechanism to own my own liquidity and be able to create a reserve currency where anybody is able to hold this asset such that this asset increases in price? And the only way to be able to control the value of some type of asset is if you can manage your treasury and the amount of that asset that exists in the market. So what Ohm did was that they used a treasury mechanism and they opened this thing called bonding, where when they have their treasury of assets, people are able to buy Ohm set up a pool for Ohm and provide Ohm and let's say USDC or UST to a specific pool. Ohm opened this bonding feature that allows people to take the LP tokens and bring it back to the Ohm protocol. And they incentivized people to bring assets back to the protocol, allowing Ohm to own the liquidity. So they solved two problems. They solved the one problem of community just getting a token and then dropping it because now when someone gets a token and gets an LP token, it gets brought back to the treasury that the treasury can hold. So nobody can dump on them. Nobody can dump on them. And the second thing that it opened up was the um, ability for their token to be backed by a treasury of assets. Now, this created a mania. It was called the Ohm Mania, where a bunch of projects launched. And they wanted to be uh, create an asset, a reserve asset. Once again, a reserve asset is a representation of all the different assets in your treasury. So if your treasury is just stables, then your reserve asset is pretty much a hedge on all the stables in your um, in your treasury. So you kind of have FRAX, USDC, UST. And if you're scared that USDC will go under, then you have less percentage of USDC, but you have a higher percentage of UST. Or if you're scared of UST will go off peg, then you have a higher percentage of USDC and FRAX than UST. And now your, your asset, your reserve currency can represent the, the distribution of assets in your portfolio. And people started launching their own projects such that a currency can back all the different assets in that, in that treasury. The issue was people were launching these projects without any utility. They just launched the project for the sake of launching the product. And when January happened of 2022, we went into a, a, a bear market. And because none of these projects had any utility, it didn't allow anything to move forward. So that was a bunch of background information to ask to answer your question on what backs Nova and how does Nova work? Well, Nova is a treasury backed accelerator. And our treasury will be based off of 50% stables to be able to back the price of Nova. Along with it, a certain percentage will be placed specifically for any accelerator tokens or projects that we partner with directly. And another percentage will be any type of governance tokens or chains that we partner with to help grow their TBL and whole, uh, grow their user base. The way that will work is that Nova will have a total supply. Ohm doesn't have a total supply. So like the US monetary system, you can go and you can print as much as you can. Um, in this case, we plan to have a total supply. And that total supply is something where we will launch our token that people will be able to purchase that token and they'll be able to stake it directly to our system. And by staking to our system, 
We will use our treasury of assets to be able to pay some additional Nova for you for staking. Along with that, with our accelerator tokens and the projects that we partner with specifically, we hope that there will be a price exposure or price increase over a three, six, 12 month period where that additional alpha that will come from that is what we'll use to rebase or provide additional Nova tokens for you at a higher price. Um, and then we'll have the other assets of other governance tokens that we're extremely bullish on in the Cosmos ecosystem because of the growth potential of the Cosmos ecosystem. So that's really good in a, in a, in a bull market, but also in a bear market because this is a DAO specific and the treasury is broken down in stables and accelerator tokens and governance tokens, you can change the percentage of what token allowance that you want. So all of a sudden, if we're in a super, super bear market, maybe it's smarter to hold more stables than it is to hold governance tokens in order to show price, uh, to create price maintenance for the Nova token. Well, now the community can vote on that and we can change the allocation of our treasury to ensure that there isn't too much of a price hit for Nova. So what is backing Nova? Nova is being backed by a, a, a treasury where 50% of it will be stables, 33, 40%, whatever will be ac accelerator tokens. And the other percentage will be governance tokens where we partner directly with those chains to be able to fund projects that actually grow in that space. Now, how do we plan to get accelerate tokens directly into our treasury? The way that we plan to do that is we want to be able to partner directly with projects specifically that potentially wants one of our services. So that service could be bonding services for them to be able to own their liquidity. It could be providing community services to grow their ecosystem and try out their product. It could be providing tokenomic services. We right now are launching properly as a legalized DAO, so it could be legal services. And the idea is when projects launch, oftentimes they have an initial supply or a total supply. What we would like to ask is for a percentage of that supply to go directly to our, to our um, treasury. Or if that specific project wants to do a swap of Nova along with their asset, they can bring it up to our community and our community then will vote on how much of our token we want to swap directly for their token to keep it directly into our treasury to see its growth or not. Um, so that was a big, 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 long question. And I'm really bad at like making short answers, but it provides you enough context on why a treasury asset exists, why it's formalized, why we switched to a launch pad and what provides value to the Nova token all up. Thank you so, so much. What, We're always what, happy to hear you. Go ahead, Joe. What's the argument against this being an unsustainable Ponzi scheme that relies on new entrants constantly entering because from my perspective, Ohm is just a like a sophisticated Ponzi scheme. I 100% agree, dude. I 100% agree. And there's few things that prevent this. Uh, the first concept is that we're gonna have a total supply. We're not gonna have a upward high number that has a uncapped total supply, right? So we have a total supply. And because we have a total supply, we need to be very, very careful on what type of APY we provide for you to stake Nova. So everybody in this, in this group, the way that this thing works is you buy the Nova token. And when you stake the Nova token, you receive GNOVA, which is a governance token to make votes directly in our governance protocol. If you look at other of these OM for, like OM-based treasury back mechanisms, they provided stupid, I'm sorry if it's children in this group, stupid APY. They would provide a thousand APY, no, a hundred thousand APY per year, every single year. Uh, I mean, uh, sorry, a hundred thousand APY on their assets. So people are like, a hundred thousand percent APY. Of course, I'm going to stake my asset to be able to do a quick flip three months later down the road, which made it a Ponzi scheme. People just put money in to buy this asset to put it there, and then they would then, and then they would just try to farm this hundred thousand APY. We're not going to do that. Our goal is to have a total supply and be able to use our rebasing mechanism to get to that total supply. 
So if we start at 150,000 or 200,000 tokens, we will use our rebasing mechanism and we'll define a specific time period, whether that be one year or two years to get to, let's say, a total supply of 5 million. We haven't figured out the total supply yet, but let's say the total supply is 5 million. So given that our total supply is 5 million, we are going to dramatically decrease the amount of APY we provide. So it's not going to be 100,000. It's not going to be a 10,000. It's not going to be a 1,000. It might just be 50, uh, 50 to 75% APY. It may, it may be 75 to 100% APY. But what we're going to do is create forecasts and models to be able to determine that over this next two years, we want to get to this specific total supply. This is the amount of APY we need to give out. And this is the amount of token dilution that we want. And given that we have a high level total supply and we have the APY that's 75%, 100%, uh, what we are trying to focus on is not provide high APY, but to create an incentive model that brings long-term Cosmos people into our community to help grow the community ecosystem. So we're not here to pump you and make you rich. If you join Nova to make you rich, you will not become super rich. Like I'm telling you up front, that's not what our purpose is. Now, if you have a long-term thesis and a long-term focus on Cosmos, and if you hold our token for a year and just hold our token for a year and stake it, and um, the tr assets in our treasury actually increases in value, you'll see an increased value in Nova and you'll be able to get that appreciation. But by joining our DAO, we're connecting you directly with other projects that are automatically launching as well. And you'll be able to work with them directly. And by working with them directly, you'll also be able to get their governance tokens as well. So what we want to do is a positive sum system using the bootstrapping liquidity mechanism of Ohm to be able to grow our, liquid, our token supply to a specific max supply, provide an APY mechanism that at least is somewhat attractive, and create a treasury mechanism that the community can own, adjust, and manage during different cycles within the market. I'm glad that you admit that it's a Ponzi scheme. It seems like you're a less aggressive Ponzi scheme, and eventually it will turn into some sort of index fund of Cosmos coins at some point. So. Um, I wish you luck. <laughs> Thank you. I, I guess I, I would have one quick question, Davido. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I, I guess I'm wondering why, you know, if, if a lot of this motivation comes from just the love of the cosmos, why are you guys building on Evmo specifically instead of like any existing solution that's more native cosmos SDK and ready to go now, like Juno or Secret or Luna even? What was the choice behind Evmos? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think it's broken down into two or three things. One is my skill set. One is the skill set of the developers on this team. Um, we know Solidity. Um, and because I know Solidity, I'd like to be able to build something on Solidity. And I was very interested in the Cosmos ecosystem. The second reason why on Evmos specifically is that I think Evmos is really positioned to attract a lot of like EVM compatible projects to this ecosystem. And it's one of the first EVM, it is the first EVM compatible chain on Cosmos. And we haven't really seen what that could do for the Cosmos ecosystem. So it's actually taking a risk, but also along with a thesis that we believe in that can drive liquidity to this ecosystem and help support a bunch of new developers in these EVM-compatible chains, like in the EVM-compatible chain world, to be able to be introduced to the, to the Cosmos ecosystem. So like I'm an EVM developer, um, like I'm a Solidity de developer. And if I wanted to build on uh, Terra or if I wanted to build on Juno, I don't believe it's Solidity-based. Um, it requires Rust skills of that sort be able to help grow the Cosmos ecosystem and not I, just we want to be able to help grow the Cosmos ecosystem. Evmos is launching and we believe that it'll attract a lot of other developers like like ourselves and it'll bring some TVL over here and it'll, it'll allow us to be able to bridge some of these EVM compatible chains over to Cosmos. Like if you look at Terra's success, Terra's done phenomenal. Oh my God, Doquan and them have done great with UST. 
But has that drawn more attention to Cosmos? I really don't know yet. Um, I really don't know. But what I think about Evmos is not only does it is it allows me to build something with with, with my solidity skills and our solidity skills, but but it also allows us to um, introduce potentially EVM developers to the Cosmos ecosystem. Because the way that Evmos is positioning themselves is not Terra. They're not saying we're building a chain specifically to be able to modu- uh, to manage the UST supply in the ecosystem and make UST the number one stablecoin in all of Web3's ecosystem. Evmos is a bridge to the interchain community. And that ethos just made more sense to our goal, which was, it fits our skill set. Um, Evmos is a new chain that could bring liquidity over. And we can use this as a way, good way to like potentially educate um, EVM people to the Cosmos ecosystem. Now, is this the best way? Of course not. Potentially it isn't. Um, but this is a way that fits our skill sets. And it got us fired up. And we said, why not? And if we need to adjust it later on, let's adjust it. But like straight up for now, we feel comfortable. We know now how we can use the own mechanism to bootstrap our treasury and bootstrap our liquidity. And with that being said, um, why not start moving forward with it and start evolving our concept to benefit Cosmos? And if it requires us to move off of Evmos eventually or do something further, great. But right now we are aligned with, we think Evmos has a chance to bring new developers over, new liquidity over. So why not start here? And that was our thought process. Yeah, I'd also add that the, the team over at Evmos is is fantastic. Federico and, and his team are, are really, really seasoned guys. And, and we just believed in, in them and the, the long-term viability of Evmos. Did we answer the question sufficiently? Do you think we could we could do further? I'm just trying to provide... These are very, very good questions. I just just want to make sure we did an okay job. Yeah, I think I, think, uh, I got what I was looking for. I'm thinking... Um, if any of the other hosts obviously want to jump in here, but maybe we should open it up to more general questions. If anybody else wants uh, of our listeners, feel free to feel free to request to speak or uh, someone else who's already up here, feel free to jump in. But thanks for that. Yeah, if anybody has any more questions for the uh, Novadao team, please request now. You know, while we got them up here and have their time and while they're sharing with us. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, guys. I, as a dev, I started talking about dev stuff. Dang, my apologies if that got a little complicated. Uh, Moon guy's better than me at that. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I kind of went through like a whole history lesson. No, like, oh my gosh, yeah, you don't need to apologize, man. <laughs> no, we like Shit. we like getting into the weeds, and I mean, even when we have new people, we'll try and break it down. But we always appreciate tech talk, so no worries there. Yeah, it's great. Sorry about that. Thanks, guys. Exactly. More info the better, because then we can, you know, have more info to be educated and you know, make decisions. So we appreciate all the, the knowledge you're dropping on us and everything that you shared with us today. So, you know, as always, we appreciate that. And uh, I'm excited to see what Nova Dowd has in store for uh, all of Cosmos. So if you're interested on how to uh, get involved with Nova Dowd, there is the link posted uh, to the Discord up there. Um, it'll take you right into the Cosmos space thread. Um, then from there, you can start to explore the Nova Dowd and all the fun stuff going on. Um, so if anybody else wants to get involved with Nova Dow or get in touch with you guys, what's going to be the best way to do that, Arthur DeVito? Yeah, I, I'll let Moon Guy take over this uh, a, a bit of that question. But before I, uh, I go, thank you so much, Tricky. We're just super excited also to work with Cosmos Spaces. Like, you guys are such respectable people. You bring a lot of great people together. And we just want to collaborate and work together. And we're excited for us to work together as much as possible. So, like, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for getting me away from looking at a screen and looking at Solidity Code to talk about what we're really, like, really interested in. So, like, straight up. And I'll let Moon Guy take that answer. 
<laughs> Thanks, Dr. DeVito. Yeah, I'm just going to echo what he said. Cosmos Spaces, you guys are awesome for, for setting this up. And on top of that, this has been the, the highlight of my week. I mean, I, I, first of all, Dr. DeVito is, uh, as everybody here can probably empathize with, is just a fantastic, fantastic storyteller and uh, a total joy to listen to. And, uh, you know, I can't, can't thank Cosmos Spaces enough for, for giving him the stage here tonight. So the question was, um, how to get involved uh I, I wouldn't say that we have like a direct onboarding ramp for people to get involved but the the fundamental way we, we are very active in our discord and we are watching and listening and all of the the uh co-founders of, of nova are, are are here and available to hear you guys out feel free to dm me my dms are open i'm sure octa devito feels the same way uh we have iron juice on the call he is also a very very active uh core member of the team and, and is is an awesome guy to, to reach out to. So reach out to us, tell us how you'd want to get involved and we'll find a place for you. Uh, if you go directly to our Twitter, our Twitter has our Discord link right there. Yes, um, yes. You can look up Novadal Finance uh, uh, and you'll be able to join it. I also believe the Discord is part of this Cosmos Space thing as well. Um, uh, like you, like the, there's a Discord link as well, I think. So in essence, you go to our Twitter um, and you'll be able to get directed directly to our discord and feel free to just engage with us we always respond and now we're trying to get as engaged as possible as we now ramp up the community to get excited about partnerships that we plan to make yep Thanks. and we are we are at novadal finance um free to feel free to reach out and thank you guys for for all the wonderful questions these are really really oh, thoughtful and, and, and important questions to be asking. Yeah, thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, I'm, a lot of alpha was dropped right now. I definitely feel like I have a lot more knowledge. Um, so thank you again for taking time to, to join us here in the space. I think we, now would be a good time to go on to our next DAO, uh, Earth Validator. Would you like to come up next on stage? Hey, how's it going? Doing really good. I know that you're sad you're not going to hear your favorite man, Lil Gaines, right now. I know. Yeah, I'm sad. Sad. No, this is great. Uh, this is a really good space tonight. Uh, I really like the definition of a DAO. Uh, I'm always trying to tell people what a DAO is. So uh, that's that's really, you know, how I've said it is like, if you go on like a camping trip with your friends, how are you going to split all the costs and all that? Like you could have like a shared bank account, but who's going to set that up? But if you had like a little DAO, you could do that. Or you could buy like a sports team. Like either or it can scale both ways, which is um, which is cool. So yeah, we just started Earth Validator as a DAO. So DAO DAO is still in beta, so we'll see. You know, we're, we'll grow together with it. But the idea is to give people tokens, governance tokens that they can uh, vote on specific ways that we spend our money, or um, specific ways that specifically Amber Initiative spends their money on ecological restoration projects. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm also part of another DAO, which is expanding into its next season. It involves dinners. Um, so that was, that's was that been really funny because there's been various like people from newspapers calling up saying, yeah, so what is this? And it was just started to, ha to be like the minimum viable DAO. You'd have dinner together. Um, so I'm just trying to get practice in, in DAOs. And I'm just excited about, about the idea that you know, there's a lot of, let's say, charities where people just, they're kind of, they don't really, they, they spend all this money on administrative fees, but they don't actually like do anything. And the community can't vote on how they spend their money. But I think if the community could vote on how people spend their money, it would be so much better. <laughs> so I'm really excited about Dowdow and 
how it just allows you to um, just click and you add message and then it um, allows you to do a proposal that has a mint or a spend transaction attached and the code is written for you. I think that's just like really, really accessible for people or like I'm thinking like six months in the future or, or you know, where, whatever time has become because it's all over the place. But um, I also have some news, which is uh, we are now an official uh, active osmosis validator as of like three hours ago. So uh, I know that yesterday was in the group being like, how do we get minimum <laughs> delegation? Well, we're, we're approved. We're, we're all good. So um, yeah, I'm super excited about that. It's a lot heavier. So I've, I'm literally just like, um, while listening to this, like updating the website, putting our address on there, um, going through all the different checks and uh, our, our server person is making sure to upgrade everything. Validating for osmosis is a lot heavier than, than uh, other spaces. So, uh, but yeah, so great news. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's got to a good start. Earth, uh, I don't know. I know, like you just pointed out, osmosis is sometimes a little bit more technically challenging than other chains. I don't know if you follow Jacob Gattacane. Um, here on Twitter, but he's been super big in helping validators get uh, epoch processed faster and stuff. And if, if you run into any problems, I would definitely reach out to him. Um, nice. Yeah, I'm trying to look him up here. Yeah, uh, I think it's at G-A-D-I-K-I-A-N. He's just a real techie guy. Um, perfect. Froke, just shout out to him, I guess. He just did something that impressed me, but is such a Cosmos thing. He offered $1,000 to any validator that wanted to upgrade their hardware to help get the daily rewards epoch processed faster. And that's just like, that's the embodiment of the Cosmos to me. So always like to uh, recognize that. <laughs> whoa, that's that's awesome. I'm going to send that to our team. Um, yeah, we were like, oh, crap, we staked our treasury. Let's wait for the onbonding period. But we still had a little bit fresh. We're like, oh, we really do have to update. So, yeah, this is great. And I actually wanted to send, because um, we're just, yeah, it's it's that, like, every epic, like, there's that, like, heavy, um, heavy action. And so you really need to have a different kind of server set up for it. So we're excited to, like, get to the next level with this so yeah thank you so much i was I, I had run across this person in the past and he was so detailed about everything everything made so much sense and then today i was like oh i need to find that tweet that he made about exactly what i just said and so thank you this is amazing yeah not a problem um for what it's worth i'm not a validator but i'm pretty sure the main key was uh an nvme drive like it was mainly the hard drive that's the bottleneck i don't know if that's mm -hmm. helpful but yeah that's super yeah. helpful mm -hmm. Yep. Cool. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's exciting times. Um, I, I'm so, I mean, and then, of course, like, Gina kept going up today, too. <laughs> it's like, people, yeah, are, people are funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think, I think I was on the phone and, and, like, hangouts pretty much all day being like, I'm sorry, I haven't told you guys about this sooner, but you should, you should probably check this out now. And uh, they're going to call their friends and we're going to um, they're like, can you can you take us through like Osmosis Zone and staking and Kepler Wallet? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, because we're so sick of Ethereum, and um, and a lot of people, they're polka dot people who are just patiently mm. waiting while the tumbleweeds. It's not tumbleweed. It, it, it's unfair to say that to polka dot. There is a lot of stuff <laughs> happening. 
yeah. but compared to cosmos where it's just like a lush ecosystem developing you know is is it's just very different um so it's pretty exciting hey earth i know you've uh you oh go ahead octo octo Oh, no, sorry, my apologies. I was like, that's amazing. Uh, when you do introduce people to, I guess, that the whole experience, like, do you mind if I be part of it? I'd love to see how you do that. Uh, um, <laughs> I just, I'd love to see it. Like, that's a great onboarding experience. And I just, I'm very curious. So um, I'm sorry, I just wanted to bring that up so I don't forget later. My apologies. Oh, that's a cool idea. Sure. Like uh, DM me and uh, one of my one of my friends that I think you would find amusing, um, he would find that also amusing. So uh, yeah, that that would be hilarious. <laughs> but what if I want to be onboarded from you? Not no, no. Of course, I will. I, I will DM you and see if I. If I <laughs> I'm not even the awesome. best. Pam's way better. She's, uh, she's very very good. Uh, I had her cool. go on the call today with with one of my friends. I was like, hey, you know, you should, you should. It's just funny. It's like she'll say one sentence and it just makes so much more sense. And I could spend like a half an hour and somebody, like they still get it. I mean, the user experience <laughs> is really good, but. Um, it's just so clear. So, yeah. yeah I, so, awesome. You know. Sorry for derailing the conversation, but I'll do that for sure. Awesome. <laughs> hey, Earth, I know that um, you've told us before here in Spaces, but maybe not everyone's uh, fully aware of like what you do as a, as a validator of, um, you know, for the Earth. Um, would you mind just mentioning a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, yeah, so what we do is we just take we take seven percent instead of five percent, and then we take a third of all of all validator profits and put them towards ecological projects through Amber Initiative. So Amber Initiative is a nonprofit that's been around for a long time, um, and they do projects like ocean restoration, uh, also like um, kind of architectural experiments like um, Maldives, like reef weaving in the Maldives. Um, uh, there's a project in Hong Kong that is an oyster laboratory. So what they're doing is these indigenous tribes are running the oyster laboratory and they're trying different kinds of oysters and seeing which ones filter more toxins from the water and like restore um, the water best. And then they can present those findings and then that can be replicated and scaled. And so it's like, these these bio design that is what is called bio design experiments for earthly survival. But it's you know you you take this kind of incubator. And this is what they do with um you don't just like plant a tree to restore an ecosystem. Like planting a forest is very different, right? You have to have lots of species. You have to have uh, ecological restoration. So um, the best way to do that is work with indigenous people who can restore ecosystems within one or two generations. Sometimes from just kind of nothing because they've worked, they are the land, everybody's the land. <laughs> um, but also the other way to do it um, is with test zones. So there are actually like test rivers and test forests. Like David Lynch, I think his dad worked for a test forest at one point. So that's how he got up to the Pacific Northwest. And that's why his aesthetics are like Twin Peaks come from. Like it's an aside, but it's kind of like notable in that you make test forests in different ecological zones and you do things to them. And then you, once like it reacts at a small scale, you can like replicate it over a large scale. And so these experiments are the same way. It's let's do something at a small scale, um, have the right people run it and then replicate it so that it can like cause a larger effect. And so there's so many different groups that need money um, that we can make a huge, like 5K or 10K is a massive impact for these groups. It's the difference between them being able to run a project or not. Um, 
and be stable and like fight against their government removing uh, forests or ecosystems. So it's it's like, what's this, you know, this is a very Taoist, but like, what's the smallest move you can make for like the biggest impact? And like, how do you go with something? Um, and it's it's kind of important to keep those things in mind. It's a very different method than, you know, sending a bunch of glossy postcards to people being like, oh no, the polar bears are dying. Like the problem with the environment and, and environmental like efforts is that it's it's called, um, it's called it's called like a ah, there's this a hyper object this word hyper object means that you can't as a human being actually understand all of it it's like a human being being able to actually understand like um i don't know uh yeah. everything right and so if you can break it down into these little tiny pieces um so that's what we do and so um <laughs> well thank you for sharing that with us I, I, every time you tell us it always makes me like real excited and you definitely have to keep us posted on what you're doing. And then we'll try to keep everyone posted on our Discord, which actually I'm going to try to reset the room a little bit. So make sure you follow us on Cosmos Spaces. And also, I don't know that we officially said it, but it was loosely alluded to. Um, we now are on Discord because well, we've partnered with NovaDAO. Um, and uh, we have a channel there on NovaDAO. So thank you so much to the NovaDAO people for uh partnering up with us. We're really excited and uh, we just want to keep seeing this community grow and just to educate everyone about Cosmos. So thank you for that. Woohoo! Much love to you guys. Oh, we're so excited. Thank you. <laughs> Tricky, you want to pull anyone else up? Yeah. Is there anybody up there that has any questions for Earth Validator? Anything about DAOs? Any questions of anybody up here on stage? Um, we've got a lot of good, uh, good knowledge up here. Um, so feel free to come up here and ask and, you know, shoot your questions. I think I have a question for you, Earth Validator. What, uh, so let's just say you have the DAO set up and we get to the point where we can kind of participate in funding um, some of the projects you take part in. Uh, what do you imagine and what would be like the first project you'd like the community to kind of be involved in building on how we get involved? What's like your sure. dream, dream one? <laughs> the dream project? Oh, uh, the, the dream project ultimately, which would have to be in many years is uh pam the person that runs amber initiative is also an architect and does a lot of really interesting like, biological experiments so it would be like a a bio design bauhaus which as you know like the bauhaus like over 100 years ago they made the standards for so many like iconography and like wayfinding like they had this huge impact on design in the world it was just like one of the single most influential uh, groups of people and they were like artists and experimenters and so to have a biodesign Bauhaus you kind of need a piece of land and then you need to be you need to have people work on stuff which is which is kind of an interesting idea right so you you basically would have a biodesign Bauhaus in a bunch of different regions around the world and what's happening is climate change is changing some regions from one to the other like Minnesota is changing from like a lower uh, from like a higher climate region to like a lower climate region and so as this changes um these kind of incubators would allow people in these different climate regions that are changing to be able to adapt better um something like that you know eventually in the future um there are like there are different people around the world that are nearing the end of their life and they're sitting on a lot of land and they don't want it to just be developed on by like a condo manufacturer they really want it to be managed by indigenous communities um or used for um some sort of uh regenerative 
um, land. <laughs> but I mean, it's also kind of like that's what Regen Network is working on a little bit, where they're they're trying to do all these experiments as well. So near term, uh, whatever comes up next that needs some funding, it would once we get the DAO set up a little better and and can um, uh, provide governance tokens, it would be voting on like another small project to fund. I think the the last one we didn't have the DAO set up, but there's a a festival in. Mexico City called Zona Mako, and there is um, there's this big blockchain nature event that's happening with this this architect. It's called Ancient Futures, and so it's like how do you have um, what people learned in the past uh, work well in the future? And that's what it's about, like indigenous knowledge sharing and ecosystem. So uh, we'll be sponsoring that, uh, and I'll be going there in a couple weeks, which will be pretty interesting um so i get to actually like meet a lot of the people um that are working in this space or i don't know how you can't really call it work it's like restoring in this space i guess um so for for pam this is what she's just been a part of for like 10 or 12 years uh for me this is more new i'm kind of more of like a i came from kind of a startup background um so this is a this is kind of neat to to meet new people and um see what happens yeah hopefully that answers oh yeah i just want to say like your your like heart and your mission is always in the right place and it's like so cool to see somebody just out there with a mission for good and you're finding a way to like fund your cause through like participation in a blockchain and like digital assets which is kind of crazy to think like the total opposites yeah we're finding a way to connect them or you're finding a way to connect them so Shout out to you guys for doing that and can't wait to see uh, all the stuff you guys have in store and when the community is able to participate in what you guys are doing. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll let you know for sure. Cool. So kind of uh, got some open time now. We can just, you know, it's kind of spitball about whatever. Uh, if anybody does have any newbie questions, any Cosmos questions, any Osmos questions, never be afraid to request, come up and speak. Uh, we got a lot of people up here who are always down to help you answer any questions you may have. Um, so, yeah. How's everybody else doing the other night, though? <laughs> so I got a question for everybody, actually, that's up here. Especially you, Joe, and Earth Validator. In your minds, what would you consider good governance? Hey, hey, what's going on, gang? Hey, man. Yeah, I, made it. I know, <laughs> I know, I know, on? I know. I've been listening in um, at work, super pumped. God, there was just so much energy in that room uh, a few minutes ago. It was nuts. I, I just really, really wanted to get up here on the stage, but I couldn't. I was working so hard and, oh, man, but I'm, I'm actually still driving to my house. But um, as soon as I get home, yeah, I'll, I'll come back up here and talk to everyone. Good to hear from you, Gaines. <laughs> Yeah, don't get fired from work. I will. I will. Yeah, you'll have a soft landing if you do. <laughs> yep, exactly. You're an influencer now, Gaines. <laughs> nah, sure. nah, man. I'm just part of the fan. I'm part <laughs> I'm of the Yeah, there's no influencers here. We all learn by osmosis. We're just little nodes. So we do have actually a few people in the crowd. Uh, there's worker be done there. I'm hoping that he's here in this and uh request to come up because i do wanted to 
uh, kind of ask him a couple questions about what it's like to be a member, a uh, working member of the DAO, um, as he's a community support member. Um, Cause that's one of the things that's, you know, gonna become, you know, more common is people working for DAOs um, and being, you know, it's, it's kind of weird, you know, you don't have a boss per se, but you do. Uh, so it's a lot more uh, flexible kind of a work life. So I just wanna, wanna hear about his experience and what he thinks about it. What's up, Worker B? Hey, what's going on? Sorry, I didn't hear anything you said. Uh, the lack of <laughs> oh, you're issue. good. No yeah. Uh, so, just considering that you are, you're part of the community Osmosis Community Support DAO, uh, I just wanted to kind of pick your brain and kind of see what your experience has been like working for a DAO um, and how you feel about that and what are the cool things about. Yeah, it. for sure. Um, you know, a lot of people I don't think really fully understand our DAO too, whereas we have a multi sig of five members um, and then we have about 15 to 20 people working within the DAO. Um, so when I first joined in, I was just a uh, junior admin and I was just running support. Um, I mean, I really just kind of floated around on Telegram, Discord. I was on Reddit, you know, just looking for people who needed help offering support. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys want to know? I have a question. Yeah. Tell me more about multi-sig, how that works, how you set it up, like how you make decisions about how the funds come through that, how that's managed. Do you do it like monthly, weekly? Yeah. So um, recently I just got elevated into the multi-sig. So now I'm actually in there. I'm one of the five members. Um, so we have like a, a weekly conversation where we meet up on like Monday and we try to talk about, you know, what's in our plate, what needs to be taken care of as far as financials and project vision and stuff like that. Um, so the multi-sig signers are just kind of always in the constant communication. Um, every Monday we get together and then we have a chat room where it's just like, you know, hundreds of messages coming in within an hour. Um, so we, we just keep in touch with each other. We try to make sure we're all on the same page. And then we have, you know, I told you the, the support DAO that we have going on is more than just the SIGs. So we'll like get in touch with these guys and be like, hey, how do you guys feel about this? What's your opinions on that? You know, do you guys have any suggestions on, on behalf of this stuff? And then we'll take it down into a more refined space and like vote on it. Do you guys want to vote on paying for this? Do you want to pay this much? Any thoughts, pros, cons? Um, and we'll just have like an honest debate about it between the five of us. So you in another little decentralized autonomous organization inside of a <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kind of cool. One one little oh, that's really one little cog in the whole piece. So as you guys are go approaching kind of your second funding proposal now, what are some of the things you kind of uh, learned? from the first one on what you're trying to do better and improve for the support down the community going forward? That's a good question. Um, you know, I, I do know the first thing that pops in my head is the, the big controversy we, we had where we had asked people to vote with us a specific way. And uh, we quickly learned that that was not really the right call as far as asking people to vote with us um, 
you know, it definitely made sense of like we were given funds to do support. And so for us to turn around and get involved deeply with government governance, you know, that I'm, I'm glad the community spoke up and kind of shared their perspective there. Um, as far as like other daily stuff that we could handle, um, you know, I, I guess we we really are a pretty well oiled machine. Um, we have admins who are like 24-7 on Telegram. We have admins all day on Discord, and and uh, we're improving Reddit a bit now, too. Um, we're trying to double shift, and I think the, the main concern for us as far as what we need to learn to do is not to overexhaust ourselves. We don't want anyone from our team burning out. Um, we, we've had a few people come in, and, you know, they just can't can't do it anymore. They have to leave, or, you know, other people have other jobs they have to deal with. Um, one of the guys is, is also in school and everything. And so it's just kind of like, we really need to collaborate together and make sure the staff itself is resting well and taking care of their health so that they can continue to just pump out support in all these different creative ways that they can get. Yeah, I think it's important for you guys to remember you gotta take care of yourselves before you can really take care of anybody else. You know, and two, for us to remember, you know, you guys are helping people all day and giving all day. So, you know, even in times when we're frustrated, we can give you guys some grace and be patient with <laughs> responses or whatever's going on. Um, and it's cool to see you guys, I think, especially for me, um, like recognizing some of the things like, you know, the open letter and things and, you know, evolving from that and moving on and learning how to get better. So I'm excited to see how the DAO continues to evolve and iterate and continue to help the community because, you know, I think everybody can agree you guys are pretty much the by default support team for all of cosmos right now yeah so <laughs> yeah for sure it's cool you know and, and we're definitely open for feedback too um i mean a lot of you guys voice perspectives and stuff and you know we we take that all internally we have specific chat spots where we put all this and good feedback bad feedback you know this is we're hoping this feels like a community project Oh, yeah. There's definitely some, you know, waters to navigate in the beginning. You know, nobody, everybody's going into it blind. You know, this is such a new thing. So you guys are really like trailblazing the way in something that's really innovative. Um, and it's really kind of scary because we don't really have a, a roadmap for it. So, you know, you guys are having to plan that out as you go. So shout out to you guys for doing that and tackling that for the community. Yeah, appreciate that. Hey, Mayor. Nice to see you up here. Yeah. Hey guys, how's it going? I was listening in a little bit and then I jumped over to uh, the Jack Dorsey talk. They're hey, talking hey. about... Um... Nice to see you up here. <laughs> <laughs> a little time delay there. Yeah. Can you guys hear me all right? Yeah, we can hear you good. Cool. Cool. So yeah, I mean, I'm pretty interested in a lot of these DAOs. Um, it's... Uh, it's a great way to organize. I know um, I was hearing for the Nova Dow. Very, very excited for that. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was a wild thing. This guy's got a lot of energy too. And, you know, I think that, you know, there's the possibility for a lot of good, you know, projects to be launched, you know, from there. So hopefully it's uh, nothing but good things to come, you know. <laughs> Seems it definitely seems to be the um, the way they're getting stuff done over in Ethereum land. Um, like everything's going the DAO strategy. 
Yeah, we had there was Ezek in here a little earlier. I wish we uh, would have had him here when you know we had some more free time for questions. But uh, he's one of the developed the contributors for Dowdow. Um, you know, and I don't know if anybody's really messed around with the Dowdow tooling yet. I know Earth Validator has, but it's seriously so cool, and it makes making a Dow so easily for anybody. Being able to set up a multi-sig, a governance, have your own token. It's just it's freaking crazy how easy it's gonna be. So you guys should all go and check it out if you have a chance. Yeah, you can uh you could use Juno testnet tokens too and just try it out without having to spend any Juno. And there is a Juno testnet faucet within the Juno Discord. So that that's how I like messed around and just made a bunch of stuff uh, before it went live. Uh, because it's free. I think you get like three Junox, Juno test token. Every time you hit the faucet, you can hit the faucet every three hours, but it's enough to kind of play around. But it's it's pretty amazing. Hey, Tricky, what was the governance question you had asked Joe and Earth? I don't, I don't know if they got a chance to hear it or answer it. Uh, yeah, so Joe, Earth Validator, I feel like you guys would have good insight on this. What do you think constitutes as good governance? I think you can answer that like either as like what it's like for the chain or what is what involves somebody being a responsible governor and participating uh, with their votes. Yeah, sorry, man. I was driving. Um, man, I guess good governance would be just a people participating, I guess, because you can have a hundred percent voter turnout, but it could just be a or like close to a hundred percent turnout, but it could just be like the foundation who owns all the coins voting and it just moves the, moves the decision, um, however they want. So I guess it would just be a large group of people all voicing their opinion and for people's opinions to actually sway the vote where you could have a group of people that make their voices heard. But if the majority of the coins are owned by a small group of people, then it doesn't really matter. So I guess a lot of it depends on like the distribution of coins and just the ability for the average person that has no connections to the team to be able to actually participate and change the future. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Um, uh, you know, it's so funny. I was on, I was on a panel at like an early decentralized web conference with a person with a PhD in governance and she was really awesome. And, you know, I didn't understand a, a single thing that she said. I think there was something in my brain that was like, ah, governance, that's complicated. I think in school, especially like growing up in the States, school for me, like governance, government class was like, here are people that are rich and they're making decisions and you can't do any of it. And so I just hated that class because I was like, well, I don't have an opportunity. So why should I even learn this stuff? Which was totally the wrong attitude to take because we were also playing like that um jennifer government game early on which was like you had a you had like a nation state and you could like change the governance structure of it like that's what we did in our free time well like getting bad grades in government class so it was, it was kind of this hilarious thing like we never really connected it um so to me like governance good governance is people feel like they can make a proposal that their voice can be heard and they're well enough informed to like present something that might not be um might not be like obvious uh, to the community, but then uh, after they look at the proposals, actually like really helpful for everybody. Um, and then people just kind of looking at new governance proposals and really being informed. Like now when I look at 
a lot of the osmosis proposals, the Juno proposals, the Sarkis proposal, I feel like I know exactly what they mean. And it, it's this, it feels really good to be able to be like, yeah, I'm well informed. Um, but to have like people entering into the space new for the first time, get up to speed with that and like feel like they're kind of making a difference is is really cool. I also think like giving power to people without a lot of tokens is really important. Um, and that would be, and, and that can go both ways, right? So it's like people who participate a lot and are like really growing the community, you know, could get either extra tokens or like more voting privileges uh, because they're they're really making an impact, I guess. There's different ways to do it. I feel like most of the time it's kind of emergent and it's different from every for every community. I think maybe the best thing is like conflict resolution where it's not what somebody said, it's what you knew that they meant, even if they didn't use the right words at the time. And I think that that's, that's really important if people can kind of metacognate, take a step back and be like, what are we really trying to do here? Um, and then kind of being sober about it um, so that they can move forward. I'm, I'll add one little thing to my comments. So I think also the clarity or like the lack of opaqueness is a big deal because I definitely... Like coming from the Cosmos side, we get to see it all the time, but like how Ethereum governance works, where it's just like a bunch of like sweaty nerds in a back room, like deciding the future of a $500 billion protocol. Like I, I don't really like that where guys like Vitalik think that's preferable. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just prefer just cl like clarity and the more opaque the process is, the more prone it can be to mischievous behavior. Yeah, I'm right on board with you there, Joe. I think that, like, I think sometimes the intention of being vague is to allow more flexibility when they move forward. But I think if people actually were just were more thorough and put more thought into the actual proposal and were more detailed, they'd realize it actually does give them more, like, working room. And they actually have a directive rather than just kind of hoping that whatever you decide to do is right in the time when the time comes that everybody agrees with it. Um, I think we've definitely seen that in some proposals and it's, it's being acknowledged and it's definitely, you know, being addressed. Um, but that's, yeah, for me, Joe, that's one of the biggest things is just, if there's not like actual clarity in there, how do we actually know what's going on? We're just trusting rather than, you know, having the actual details and being fully informed. Yeah. I think it's important for there to be structures that are very clear about how to participate in this stuff and also the ability to change the structures if there's ways to optimize the um, ability to govern the protocol. I think, I think Earth Validator made a good point around giving voice to people that don't necessarily have coins. I, I kind of go back and forth on this where I think you need to have skin in the game, but I think there's more than just money skin in the game. I think there's social skin in the game as well. And I think it's very hard to figure out a way to... Um, uh, make that appear on chain without like going at risk of it being gamed. But I still think there's a lot of value to the guy that has like maybe a hundred dollars, but he just loves Cosmos and he sees a way to improve the protocol. So it's, I, I think there's a lot of innovation to occur um, in that, in that sense over the coming decades. Definitely. That's awesome. Uh, uh Oh, it's been like an hour and a half. I got to go. Uh, I got to eat some food. So um, this has been amazing. Uh, thanks so much. 
for hosting the space. This is a solid, good community. Thank you for existing. It's it's nice to to be here, and uh, thanks for such a great guest. See y'all later. Thanks for coming, Earth Validator. We appreciate your time. Appreciate all your efforts, and everybody. Don't forget, uh, they just started up their Validator on Osmosis and just got in the active set. So. Head over there, delegate to them, Osmosis, Stargaze, and Juno. Uh, your uh, fees are going to go to a good cause, so let's support them. But, uh, and two, just to kind of build off that, I think an important, like you guys both mentioned, like the, the little guy that doesn't necessarily have as much, like, monetary skin in the game, but the social aspect of it, like they're super involved, whether that's, you know, community-driven or participating and actually paying attention and, each governance proposal. Uh, I think that's just as important. And I think the net airdrop kind of is the first, one of the first airdrops to really incentivize the people that were more socially involved rather than skin the game involved um, without leaving the monetary people, uh, people that are, you know, have heavy monetary contributions in there uh, hang dry. So I do, I think Sunny had a really, really good idea of a way to balance out like the validators that just have so much voting power that isn't even necessarily their, you know, their tokens. It's just the tokens that have been delegated to them and people just set it and forget it. Um, giving like individual voters, like the full hundred percent like weight of their voting power, but then validators when they go to vote, not giving, giving them like some sort of like handicap. Like, so it's only like 50% or 25% or 60% or whatever um, to kind of balance out how some of those validators just have so much delegated to them. They just kind of can decide the votes however they want um, to kind of even it out. Um, I think that was an interesting idea. I don't know if you guys have any ideas on how we can kind of level out that playing field with those large validators compared to individual voters. So Ethan Frey, the founder of Cosm Wasm and T-Grade, he's just a, a true giga brain, um, is working on a new consensus mechanism that um, has... Um, waiting for social side and for people that participate in um, just governance and just participate in the protocol period that don't really have um, skin in the game or uh, a lot of money or whatever. So um, I, I think I'm fairly confident there will be quite a bit of innovation that occurs on that front over the coming years. And Cosmos is the perfect place to do that innovation just due to the level of freedom, the ability to um, tweak consensus and um, and all that stuff that comes with the sovereignty that that is inherent with the Cosmos ecosystem. Hey, Joe, could you break down real quick what it takes to get a proposal to pass i know i was wanting to go back and do the reading on it but um i know the validators have more weight with their votes or can you just give like a real general rundown is it 50 percent or 51 percent to pass the proposal yeah i can do that I've, I've actually um i think i've had two or three proposals pass on uh adam so far so I guess the first step is you have to find a problem that actually needs to be fixed or a initiative that needs to be started. So that's step one. Step two is to clearly write out your mission statement in a paragraph or two. Don't to not um, because you have to think that everybody has a fixed amount of time. And so you don't want to overwhelm somebody's 
um, ability to make a wise decision. So you don't want to have them having a multi-page thing they have to read and a bunch of stuff they have to look deep into. So it's good to be concise. From there, um, it's good to get support of a couple of the main validators or ecosystem members. So when it comes time to push it forward, you have you have some weight behind what you're saying. From there, you need to... Um, I mean, for the average person, they probably need to talk to somebody like Jack or Ethan Buckman or uh, Sonny or one of the top validators to um, to get it in the right format to post it onto the chain. I mean, you could probably figure it out if you spend enough time, but a guy like Jack Samplin can do it in 10 minutes. Um, so you you put it onto the chain and once it's on the chain, it will just sit there and not be able to vote until it hits a deposit threshold. And the deposit threshold is just an anti-spam mechanism. So that way um, you someone just can't attack the network with a bunch of fraudulent um, proposals. And if they do, they have skin in the game. And if they do try to do something malicious, then they can actually get their coins destroyed. So it used to be 512 atoms back in the early days. But since the price went up so much, that that became unattainable for the average person. So I think it got dropped down to 64 atom deposit um, roughly a year, year and a half ago. So once you post it on chain, you post the deposit, then it goes into a voting period. So um, for the... Um, for the proposal to to pass, there needs to be a minimum of forty percent of the total um, total atoms vote on the proposal. If it doesn't hit forty percent, then the proposal is said to not reach quorum, and the um, tokens are the the deposit is not given back to the person that threw up the proposal. So it's kind of an anti-spam mechanism. Um, there's kind of a downside to that, but usually if it's if it even if the proposal isn't going to pass clearly, the community rallies around voting enough to make it reach quorum, even if it's a no, just so the person gets their deposit back. So um, once 40% of the atoms have voted, then the proposal is said to reach quorum. And then at that point, 51% of the votes need to be yes for the for the proposal to pass. I think that's everything. Yeah, and then there's the, there's the abstain and the no with veto. So the abstain counts as towards the 40% if you just want to abstain, but throw, throw it in there. That's correct. Yeah. So abstain, it counts towards quorum, but it does not go towards a yes or no. Correct. Yes is obviously yes. No is obviously <laughs> no. And no with veto is saying that this proposal is not not only not good enough to pass, it is malicious behavior and needs to be punished with a uh, with the coins getting destroyed. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you get you got to have forty percent to vote to get the quorum. And then, so if you if you got a bunch of yeses and if you only got thirty eight percent, then it's still not going to go through. That's correct. Um, sure. And the, all these examples that I just said are just for Cosmos Hub, mm -hmm. where oh yeah, and for I guess one more comment: Cosmos Hub's voting period I think is fourteen days or twenty one days. I I can't quite remember. I think it's fourteen. If I if yeah I remember. yeah, I think you're right. So. 
it's 14 days, but where something like osmosis is much more of a, a fast moving chain. And they knew that from the beginning that they wanted to be able to, um, to move quicker than the cosmos hub. So I think theirs is a three day voting period, if I remember correctly, and they only need 25% to reach quorum. Uh, I'm pretty sure. So all this stuff is adjustable, like, like all of Cosmos, it's all about sovereignty and being able to choose what works best for you. But the cool part is that the tooling comes out of the box on the Cosmos SDK. So you don't have to be super advanced to add governance to your chain. And if you go to uh, ping.pub, it has all the information for governance parameters, staking parameters, uh, distribution, slashing, all kinds of stuff for all the chains. One other question I've gotten once or twice, maybe you could touch on Joe, is like the difference between signaling proposals and uh, I don't know what the official name for the other type would be like parameter changing proposals. Um, Cause people will sometimes see that and from a proposal name, signal proposal or signaling and like what the difference might be there. Yeah, a signaling proposal is more or less to get a rough gauge on how the community thinks on a certain topic. So let's say I want to create a, a DAO that creates a long-term liquidity for Atom in a bunch of DEXs and, um, and creates pretty much like a liquidity DAO for Atom. Maybe I don't want to put in all the work to get all of the fine details figured out around this proposal before when I don't even know if it's going to pass. So a signaling proposal is just a gauge to see how the community feels about something. So one good example was Gravity Dex. At before Gravity Dex was launched on the chain, there was first a proposal that said, "Hey, how does the community feel about putting Gravity Dex on the Cosmos hub?" And once that is voted with a yes, then the team that is engineering the Gravity Dex is more confident to continue engineering and build out their product specifically for Atom um, so they don't like waste their time. Or if, if, it, if that proposal would have been voted no, then they would have said, okay, we're going to start working on our own Cosmos SDK chain. So it's it's really just about gauging the sentiment of the community before you put in a bunch of work for either like a DAO or a, yeah. I think Prop 120 is like the perfect example of that. Um, it's not necessarily establishing the actual DAO written in hard code on osmosis. It was pretty much just putting up a proposal to see, hey, does the community want to do this? Because we don't want to have devs spend a bunch of time and a bunch of resources on this if the community is just going to vote it down. So yeah, so just like Joe said, it's kind of like the get the feeler. It's a little, it's like one step further than just putting it out on Commonwealth. Um, it's actually getting like a real feeler on chain because as we know, sometimes like people don't get, aren't able to see where the governance conversations are happening and they don't see it until it gets on chain. Um, so something for Adam, it's 14 days, you know, it's super easy, like, oh, proposal, like I got a bunch of time to go find out what this is all about, do some research, whereas osmosis, it's like, boom, you got three days, you better get on that quick. Um, and it's good, it's very, very good for innovation. Um, but then too, like you got, we have to make sure that we're staying engaged so that we know that when these things are happening and letting each other know, 
and educating each other about the proposals. Um, and I think work I think you wanted to say something. Yeah, I just got a quick question. Um, the signaling proposal, if that goes through and is passed, do they have to come back around then uh, once they're done with the project and go for another governance prop? Yes, that's that's correct. Okay. So uh, like for Gravity Dex, for example, they did a signaling proposal to get to gauge the community's interest. And then once the proposal was actually ready to go, then they made a more official statement saying, hey, if this proposal is approved, then Gravity Dex will be launched on the hub and he, and attached is our code base and like a rough light paper on our vision or whatever. I see. Thank you for answering that. Yeah, for sure. One thing I've kind of hoped for in the future, and I'm sure this is pretty low on the priority list for devs, but the same way that like one of Kepler's favorite features, I think we could all agree is like, oh, it'll give you human readable, you know, what the transaction is comprised of and what is being asked of you to sign. And something kind of like that for parameter changes that's provided by either Kepler, Minscan, or PingPub. Um, for people who aren't necessarily code savvy, but when I first got into governance, I just know one of my first thoughts was, how do I know as like an average voter who's not a developer that what I'm reading here on their description for the proposal matches the code changes that they're proposing alongside of it on the back end? And so I assume like, you know, that's where the future might take us. Like it's probably down the road, but just a quick summary that's maybe validated by an algorithm like how Kepler does it, or maybe uh, community support, I don't know. But have you ever, yeah, any thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, so I think it's something like, um, something like Gravity Dex is much harder to do that for. Like, there's no way that you can do an algorithm that checks if the Gravity Dex code base is gonna work properly. At some point, you kind of have to trust the developers and other people that put eyes on that code where other simple changes, like when I I helped fix the inflation for Cosmos Hub, um, the, the parameter that I changed was the blocks per year. So then it would correct the amount of inflation on the chain. And in the um, in the, the Kepler proposal, you can clearly see which variable is being changed, and it and it clearly points out like blocks per year is changed to this number. So that way, like, you know that what they're saying they're doing matches what they, um, what their proposal is actually doing. I think so just to clarify, are you saying that's something that you guys added with, with that proposal or that Kepler does automatically? Like, is what I'm asking for already a thing or? Yeah, it is. It's already a thing. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. For for stuff simple like changing a variable within the system, that's very clearly it's clearly shown. Where something like adding a new uh, protocol or adding a new module, that kind of stuff, I don't think you can really have like a simple algorithm that can check if the devs did a good like did what they said they were going to do. You know. Yeah, I guess I didn't really mean to follow up the Gravity Dex comment with, with that question and tie them together. I, I was thinking of, you know, simpler parameter changes like your example or, you know, a yeah, common one, how much osmosis a proposal might be asking for for an incentive pool. Yeah, yeah, for thing. sure. I, I, I was just trying to, like, clearly delineate, like, 
right now we do have that for the simple changes, but for the more advanced changes, we don't have that. And the, the, the kind of scary part is the more advanced changes are the more risky ones. So like at, at some point you just kind of have to trust, but luckily Cosmos is filled with a lot of really smart people and a lot of eyes on this code. So the chances of uh, shitty software getting launched on Atom are pretty low. And and Cosmos kind of has a really good culture of um, test nets. Uh, they kind of they kind of pioneered the whole test net space. So that that really helps ensure that when major changes are done, that they are not um, that they're safe. And I guess it also helps that Tendermint chooses safety over liveness. So so that also helps stopping major um, major issues. But but at the end of the day, it's impossible to like to know a hundred percent that code you're going to launch is going to work in all conditions you know like at some point there's a little bit of faith that's involved yeah absolutely but awesome thanks for that yeah timmy you should check out uh doubt out when you have a chance i don't know if they've added the smart contracts onto the test net yet but i know that on the main net they have like modular <clears throat> smart contracts that you can just post that make it super easy for people that don't know how to program to or like code or anything to just run a standard uh uh proposal that'll be like a spending contract so it's it's still simple things like you guys were saying but it's not anything complex but i think that like that world you're talking about of like bridging the gap for people who can't necessarily code all this stuff themselves and having something that's just like super user friendly for the newbie is coming and it's going to be so fun yeah i was trying to look into making a proposal for the wawa or the chihuahua chain and it involves um submitting through github and i don't know anything about coding um but on the other hand i noticed on desmos they make it really easy to submit a proposal but they don't uh they don't have any description of what and what it involves like slashing or anything. So someone made this some silly proposal, and their deposit got slashed because it didn't meet the the deposit uh, requirement. And then they made a new proposal saying, "Don't slash bad proposals" or something like that, and it got voted down like eighty <laughs> percent. So if it, if you make if we make it really easy, we need to make sure to to be educating uh, people. Hey, what's up, everyone? Hope everyone's doing good tonight. Games, Games what's up? Oh, man. I, I'm just looking at the room right now, and I see a lot of familiar faces, or I guess profile pictures, but it, it really it really fuels me to keep doing these spaces with you guys. And I don't know. I, I just can't believe that we are where we are right now. But knowing how Cosmos Knots are, they're really like, they really support each other, right? They're love to grow the community as a whole so just shout out to everyone here in the room you a lot to me thank thank you so much for joining the space we appreciate it so we want to give back a little bit you guys uh, with a little crypto giveaway it ends in actually in like 10 minutes so if you want to participate head to the discord um uh, click the little emoji under that message and you'll be able to uh, get entered in Oh yeah! Speaking of uh, faces out there in the crowd, I see we have Jake down there. 
and you know we were just talking about Dow Dow. So maybe uh, if Jake would like and he has the time, he can come up here and talk a little bit about what they're doing. So far, this room has been amazing. Like <laughs> I was just listening to it at work, and I was like, "Wow, wow! So much engagement, so much hype. What's going to happen this year in Cosmos? Amazing." And you know what? Another shout out to um, Timmy. Thank you so much for trying to to help us with um, getting these these uh, spaces on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, I also see some people in the community that come up to me and say, "Hey, how can I help? Can I create some flyers for you?" Shout out to you. Thank you so much. Yo, what's up? How's it going, guys? Good. Good. How are you doing? Good. It's uh, Dada has been super exciting. Uh, I just got here. I'm sorry for being late to this uh, this thing, but uh, yeah, what questions do you guys have? No, you're good. Don't worry. We appreciate you coming and sharing your time with us. Um, just so everybody knows, this is Jake. He's uh, you know building Dow Dow, so he's gonna have uh, all the knowledge. Any questions you have about Dow Dow uh, or anything Dow related? So uh, let's take this time to. You know, pick his brain. If you have any questions, put your hand up or request to come on stage. So what's the coolest feature of DowDow that differentiates it from the current Dow products on the market? Cool. Um, so every DowDow is actually like IPC compatible. I think that one of the most interesting things about DowDow is these are not just DAOs on one chain. They're interchain DAOs. And so they can hold IBC assets. They can send IBC messages. As the power of IBC grows, so does the power of interchain DAOs. So imagine a DAO where you can take your DAO's treasury and LP it on osmosis and get those liquidity rewards as income. Like that's kind of, you know, I'm not saying that works out of the box right now, um, but, you know, DAOs do have built in support for IBC. And as soon as you're allowed to LP over IBC on osmosis or other chains, like, you know, those opportunities will be unlocked and there's people working on those right now. So I'd say that's the number one thing that differentiates DowDow from other uh, DAO tooling is IBC support out of the box from the get-go. Um, I think the second thing that's really cool about DowDow that you cannot do on like DAO platforms on like Solidity, for example, is instantiate smart contracts on behalf of the DAO. Um, so like DAOs and DowDow are pretty powerful. They can like actually create whole new contracts um this is going to be amazing for DeFi protocols that are going to launch on juno uh, for example like a dao will just vote to deploy a new version of the smart contract or a dao will vote to upgrade the smart contract of a protocol um this is not really possible in solidity right now uh sorry i'm a dev so if i'm like talking over anyone just to ask more questions but like um yeah like the cool thing about cosmosm is you can actually upgrade contracts and like like DAOs can actually vote to deploy contracts. And that is just not really possible like in Solidity right now. That was an awesome answer. So my my follow-up question was inner inner chain is a meme right now. What is True. do you think inner DAO will be a meme at some point? I think it already is, but you know, is like is it a meme in like the public consciousness or is it like already happening? Like we already have like community pools that are funding like really cool shit. Like um you know, um, Stargate is another project I work on. Like, we got a loan from the Osmosis community pool to do our LVP. Like, that's 
uh, I think, really groundbreaking stuff. And we're going to see, like, I think we're just on the tip of the iceberg of that kind of thing. And we're going to see a lot more of the Dow to Dow kind of initiatives. Um, and sometimes that'll be like Cosmos, like governance pools, like interacting with DAOs on tools like DAO. Uh, and sometimes it'll be like, you know, community pools on different chains, like interacting with each other, like with Stargaze and Osmosis. And, uh, you know, we're also seeing the rise, I think, of, uh, we're going to see this a lot more of like community pools, like voting to like funds, like other DAO efforts or development efforts. I don't know. Hey, um, I, I hope it's not out of turn for me to break in, but I've I've, uh, I've, I've founded about three Dow Dow Dows in the past 24 hours, and I've, I'm just absolutely enamored with it. I mean, it's it's really really cool tooling out of the box. The fees are unbelievably low. It's like super crazy fast. Um, and and there's so you're talking a little bit about using a Dow to manage smart contracts, and I hope this isn't too technical of a question, but I know um, after you have founded your Dow and kind of spun it up, you can use the the messages function uh, yeah. to basically send transactions. Um, is that what you're talking about? And where do I go to learn more about how to do awesome shit with it? So we're working on our docs, and if people are looking to contribute to DowDow, and by the way, the best like way to become a part of DowDow is to contribute to DowDow. That's really the only way. Um, we're building out our docs. I mean, I think contributing to documentation is a really great way to like be an early contributor. Um, that there's we're we're trying to create a bunch of templates like so you can just do awesome shit with your DAO without having to do like any coding or whatever. But there is a custom message functionality that is kind of like God mode. It lets you like do, you know, whatever you want. And it's a little bit tricky to generate them. But like that's where all like the, the super powerful stuff lies right now. But we're really if you're a developer in this space and you're like really interested in getting involved, like please join the DowDow Dow Discord. Um, we'd love to like get you involved. We need help with documentation and like um, we also need help with like front end developers, like making templates for like smart contracts. So for example, your DAO could launch like an NFT contract and then like mint NFTs, but we need templates for that. You know, we need to like actually make UI for it. Like you can actually do it now today, but you need to like make uh, these JSON messages. Like if you go to the DAO and then you like write your title and description, you've got this little messages drop down and you can select custom and you can do, if you select the custom one, you can do whatever you want, but you kind of just have to know what you're new, doing a little bit. And so we want to make UI for all the common things that people want to do. Well, man, um, oh, absolutely. And and it's fortuitous that we're meeting here, too. Uh, again, uh, this is Dylan from PageDow. I, I have a different avatar now, so maybe you don't recognize me. Um, but, like, seriously, like, I, I, I know a thousand writers. Like, uh, let's let's link up at some point and figure out what y'all's documentation needs are and maybe do, like, some video calls with the devs. And, and like, I, I bet we can figure out some uh, some resources to help with documentation and wh whatever you guys need. Yeah, I think the best thing is to just join the DowDow Discord and then just say you're like looking to help out. You know, that's always a good start. So, yo, Jake, I, I really appreciate you coming here. I'm going to have to drop off uh, pretty soon here, but I got one question for you. Do you have any alpha you can drop on us as far as um, if is there any way that we can um, like create DAOs to get an airdrop for DowDow? Or is there any way that we can like um, help? participate in the community and then that will get us any sort of like price exposure to doubt out because i want some and i can't buy it anywhere so well yeah i mean i think a lot of people are really interested in that question um 
and I'm going to be mysterious. I know I like, I think a lot of people are really interested in doubt out and, you know, I, I think they should be. And I think there's going to be some, you know, really cool stuff. And, you know, I don't think you're all going to be disappointed, but if you really want to get exposure to doubt out, the best way to do it is contribute. Like first and foremost, like we didn't raise capital from Andres and Horowitz. The, the capital people contributed was time. And so like fundamentally, like, yeah, sure. There's going to maybe be the magical a word or whatever. I'm not going to like say what the terms are before that happens. So people don't like try to game it or whatever. But like, if you actually want to get yourself like a nice nest egg of DAO token, you should be a contributor to DAO. And maybe that takes the form of writing code. Maybe that takes the form of, you know, contributions in terms of documentation. Um, but like fundamentally, we want to re reward contributors in the community. Like that's the biggest thing. Um, and sure, there might be some other things, you know, but I'm not going to say what they are because, you know, one Dr. last question. Do you need any translators before you leave? Just we do you need are any gonna translators? Need translators? And we're going to make an announcement about that. So um, a lot of people were like, we need internationalization support for data. And we just wanted to launch it. And we want, we said we were going to launch on the 31st. And we had to make that deadline. But like internationalization is going to come this month. And yes, we're going to need translators. So I think that's a great way to contribute. Um, I still think we're a couple weeks out from like, but we'll make an announcement about that on the Dada Twitter. And I think that's a great way to contribute. Perfect. Thank you. That's awesome, man. I really appreciate what you're doing and just the work you put in on Juno and Dao Dao and the whole Juno team in general is pretty, I get a very selfless vibe and you guys aren't doing this for the money and you're just doing it for the, for the culture and for the, for the betterment of everybody. So I just, I just really appreciate what you guys are doing. So thank you. And I'm, I'm going to bounce, but have a cool. good rest of your night guys. I'm going to bounce soon too, but I'll take a few more questions. But uh, if people have questions, I don't know. Camaro, you got a question you wanted to ask? Sorry, Cameron. Oh yeah, my bad. Um, oh, I was going to ask if we had talked about Dada yet. Oh, you're uh, We're talking, talking about Dada right now. <laughs> oh, are we really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yep. sick. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to know where, like where the development was on that. Cause I was going to try to use that for, um, our DAO that we're building out right now. Uh, it's on mainnet. Uh, I will say that the, the contracts haven't been audited yet. We're actually getting them audited with a DAO that's launched on DAO called security DAO. Uh, we're also probably looking at doing trail of bits or Halborn. That'll take a little bit while longer, but so, so could we launch, means, could we launch an NFT? I think that's going to come soon. Um, I mean, like, uh, obviously, the, there's a lot of features people want in store for Dao Dao, and we're like building them as quickly as possible and as securely as possible. And, you know, um, if you're a developer out there and you want to help out, just uh, feel free uh, to like hop in our Discord and say hi. Um, yeah, I, well, I've been in the Discord. I just didn't know. <laughs> I just haven't known uh, like where I should go. Um, I, I don't know. I've been in between. I've been a lot of. I've been pretty busy. Like I've been with the Octopus talking about um, building an app chain um, over there. So like I've just been going between and like seeing what the best way to build build this out would be. And now we've kind of decided on like OpenSea because like we're trying to make the NFT like the collective of people like the DAO. You know. Okay, well, you know, as a stargaze person, I'm gonna be like, I think we should mute this person. That that was a joke. You're 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 welcome here, Cameron. But you know, I mean, yeah, sure. Fine, <laughs> open sea. Like, fine. Oh yeah, yeah, no stargaze. Yeah, yeah, no. Can you tell me more about stargaze? It's like a decentralized open sea yeah. that's not owned by Andres and Horowitz. Like, I don't know. Like, what do you want to know? <laughs>
Just yeah, like, Cameron, just so you know, this is Jake. He's the uh, founder of Dow Dow and Stargaze. So talking to the right guy if you got any questions. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part one of a two-part space, DAOs and Governance in the Interchain, with multi-chain maxi Jake Hartnell, hosted by Tricky. Recorded on Friday, February 4th, 2022. This episode of The Ether is brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news. Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by Luart. Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience, all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in the Discord server for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? Find out more at luart.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focused, starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter No one ever planned for the famine on deck We was walking all erect with a dead man swagger Sitting in a little den, envision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man, play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Little Dan envisioning the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the Birds view. Gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop, ride off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth, slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement, could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion. Vision in the middle men, listen to the fiddle man, play a little ditty then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next billion.
Spaces. <laughs>